Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Talking <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what I have to do over? I have to start the podcast. <laughs> Hey, my name is Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast. Alongside me is Manager Jacob, like every single week. But what are you drinking today, Jacob? Well, Sarah, you know, I've got a bar bay here. This is my first time testing it, so I'm going to do a little taste test here. This is not sponsored, by the way. It's not sponsored at all, but I like them. Um, It's non-alcoholic sparkling water, but it's got some, like, interesting flavors. So what I have is a love bite, because we're recording this kind of just ahead of Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. This is going to be released in the future, but uh, it's a... Tart pink grapefruit and a cheeky bite of fresh ginger with your earthy juniper. Juniper. Uh, My question is. Hold on, hold on. ASMR. Why do we have to clarify that it's non alcoholic sparkling water? Like, wouldn't that just be sparkling water? Well, their whole thing is like pitched as an alternative. Because it looks like a beer. Yeah, it's like a social beverage. Mm, I'm not going to lie to you. When you brought it out at first, I was like, I didn't get the memo that we were cracking open some cold ones on the episode today. It's a buzz without a buzz is what I'm going to say. Wow. Uh, if you use that, <laughs> it's on I recording. want some money. It's trademarked. <laughs> Jacob Morris. Oh, that's not even what your company name is Watch called. that's already their slogan. I have no idea. Yeah. It's just like it's in good, your though. subconscious. It's refreshing. And I think it's gonna it's gonna set us up for a good um, mm. it's gonna set us up for a good episode. What are you drinking? I mean, a little rude of you to not bring me one, but that's fine. I um, apologize. <laughs> I have. Well, it's like one sip left of my Milky's coffee. Milky's. This is my favorite oat milk latte in the city. Okay. Do you add, do you add like anything to it, like a no. flavor? No, that's why this one's really good. I don't know what type of milk they use. I've never actually looked at what they're mm. using behind the counter, um, but this is the best one and everyone that i've brought to the city i take them to milky's and stacked market yeah they also agree that it is their is best it new i've never heard of it Sorry, uh milky's. no i think it started in the west or east end maybe north or south I'm um e- i'm in east end no i think it's... it started in the east end and then they opened one in stacked market and it's beautiful i'm gonna lose and my east ender badge here i don't like i honestly don't know i think it's on dundas east or west so it's good yeah it's really good and also just like look how cute the cup is i was gonna say it looks like a good again not sponsored but it's great and i posted with them a lot on instagram so i like the t- the pinkish top red yeah it's like top. salmon that's salmon. not red that's, that's not red that's not red sarah what are we reading or watching this week i'm in a reading slump so that's why none of these episodes have had me talking about what I'm reading uh, recently, but uh, I recently started watching Only Murders in the Building. The Selena Gomez so show. good. Disney Plus? Yes, Disney Plus. Disney Plus has had all the great content recently. It had yeah. Abbott Elementary, it had The Bear, and now it has uh, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, so I finally started watching it, and the best part is I went into this show, much like The Bear, not knowing anything about it, other than like Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and uh, Steve Martin, so like Which you can't is, like, really go wrong. Cast. I am obsessed with it. I'm only halfway through, so no spoilers. Um, what kind of show is it? Like, is it? I, it's like I a mystery. It's like a comedy and a mystery. And apparently, Steve Martin has had this idea to make this show for like 
decades and he just like never did and then he finally did it and it's very good and it's like twist and turns and it's it's giving like glass onion it's okay, giving I was say, like knives out mm-hmm. yeah. i would recommend it it's very good so and far. It's, they have a couple seasons or yeah so there's i'm only in season one there's season two and then they're filming season three okay, and, and meryl, I saw meryl streep and paul rudd was I in know, the oh i know God, i love paul yeah rudd. yeah yeah that's gonna be good that's so be i good. recommend watching that show if you haven't already 100 what about you what are you watching Okay, well, I caught up finally and I watched Wakanda Forever. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. And so it's streaming now. I mm. actually saw it in the like one of the last days that it, it was in the theaters. Oh, okay. I hadn't seen a blockbuster big like movie like that in so long, but it was good. It was fantastic. It was good. Although I went and saw it at a 9.30 showing. It's too late. And it's almost a three-hour movie. I can't do any movie past like 7 p.m. now because almost all movies are three hours long and it's I like know. way too exhausting. I had, I this is maybe TMI, but like two hours into the movie, I had to use the washroom and I just I just didn't because I was like, the un- being uncomfortable is going to make me like, stay awake right now. <laughs> that, was me and Av- <laughs> oh, that was me and Avatar, to be honest. That was like a three-hour in a bit movie. Uh, it's too much. It's, it's way too, too much. much. Okay, so what are you listening to right now? What I've been listening to on the podcast front, I'm still listening to Armchair Expert. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that they had like this offshoot show that I was put onto, which I think is called Armchair Anonymous, which is basically like our voicemail segment, except people are calling in and speaking to them, which is something that maybe we could do like... This phone I got right here. I promise you it actually works and I kept all the pieces so that we can actually like hook it up one day. We will do this one day. It's cool. So they have like little segments where it'll be like a theme for the episode and little stories are told Mm -hmm. by the audience uh, on on the episodes. They're funny. Really funny. I love that. What are you listening to? Um, I'm actually listening to our next guest. Preston Pablo is here, which is so exciting. I saw him perform like almost a year ago now at the Drake Underground. And then I started listening to him. And then now his song is like everywhere on the radio. So I've been listening to like more of his discography. Dis- I can never say that word. Discography. Discography. So, yeah. Discography. The CGs. It's like a weird. <laughs> he's good. It's difficult, but he's so good. And we are having him on the show right after this. <laughs> this guest perform was at school night a monthly musician showcase in toronto at the drake underground flash forward just 10 months and the next guest is a three-time juno nominee and will be headlining his first show back at the drake underground this march he's the man behind the hit single flowers need rain which is double platinum with over 50 million streams please welcome to the show Preston Pablo. Whoa, that sounds crazy when you say all like that. Like that? Yeah, I know. When I like you like it. type it out, it's crazy, yeah, especially like such a short period of time because I uh-huh. went to go see your show at school night, which yeah. was the first time, to be honest, I'd ever heard of you. And I okay. swear to God, it's like when you get a red car and then you constantly see red cars. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I was hearing you every every time I walked into like the grocery store, I was like, oh my God, I know that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. I saw so, him perform. Oh, so how okay. crazy is that, that like all of this has happened in such a short period of yeah, time? Yeah, it's very crazy. It feels very crazy as well. It's just like something that <laughs> you don't like plan for that kind of stuff. You want it to happen. You envision it happening. It's like, it's all like a dream and like a desire, but you don't like plan like, okay, I'm, when this happens, I'm going to do this. It just kind of happens and you're like, oh. I remember thinking of this and now I'm just here. Was there like a point in the past like year, let's say, that you were like, oh, like this is like that moment of this is really happening? I think, yeah, like the last the last like couple months have definitely been like that. And like this past summer felt like that just because I was actually traveling and playing shows and doing press for the first time and just like being a, a quote unquote artist, like outside of my bedroom and outside of being in the studio. So I think all that, like that real life experience and like going out in the field and being an artist felt like that was like, whoa, I'm actually doing this. Do you thrive off that, off of that like energy? Yeah, being for sure. Yeah. For sure. There's a huge difference between like producing music probably in your bedroom mm-hmm. and then getting out there and being on stage, yeah. performing in front of an audience. Whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massive difference. I think it feels like during that period of t- like when you're doing that, when you're on the road doing all that, it feels really good. The hard part for me is adjusting to when I'm not doing that. Right. It's like the highest of the high. Mm. And then like, it's not necessarily like a low, but just like all the energy is kind of like gone away. And like you're you're by yourself in your apartment. And you're like, damn, like I have to cook supper again. <laughs> like I have to do laundry again. Yeah, like, I guess it's going back to being like a normal person. Yeah, kind of like exactly. being an artist. You're like, wait, like how do I get to that point? Exactly. I was like that all the time. Are you an extrovert like that? Do you like, do you, do you recharge? Mm. Do you need those moments to yeah, recharge sure. at home? For sure. I definitely do. Um, I think before like this past year, I was 
that was what I was like very comfortable with doing. I still am. I like I love being alone. I love just doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. But I got used to like being around people and being like in high energy environments and like singing on stage and just like experiencing all that all at once that when I didn't have it for a little bit, it was weird again. I was like, I had to f- figure out how to act again, like just by myself and just hanging out and chilling. Well, there's not like all these eyeballs yeah, on you yeah, and having to perform exactly, stuff. Yeah. So I said a bit in the intro, but three-time Juno nominee, mm-hmm. like what does it feel, like what's it feel like when you hear that? And how was it like <laughs> when you first heard it, like be announced that you were nominated? It just feels weird. Like, it's so <laughs> weird to hear that. Um, it's not something, again, like I didn't plan to be nominated for any Junos. Um, I know when I found out that I was going to be performing there, like that was already insane. Like I was already super excited. And the fact that I got to, that I'll get to do it with like Banks and Ranks and Rev, who are like Mm -hmm. super close part of the team, people who are important to me. So I was very happy with just that. And then when like I found out I was going to be nominated, it was just crazy. Like it just, yeah, it feels weird to even just sit here and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And three times too, like in your first year is insane. It's crazy. In big categories as well. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I think like the most shocking part of being nominated was when I saw like the category and then my name and then like the weekend's name. I was like, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about. The fact that I'm like up against the weekend is insane. Because you've talked about that a lot about the weekend being kind of an inspiration both musically and then also just being a Canadian Mm -hmm. in, you know, this this industry as well. So like, what is it like? What does it feel like to to have those names? Yeah, it's definitely, I feel it feels really good. It's like a rewarding feeling because Mm -hmm. it means that I'm being acknowledged on like the same platform as these artists who are massive artists, but it's also like very much scary. Cause I'm so new to all this and like I'm young and I'm literally just starting like my career as an artist. Yeah. And to see like my name beside someone like The Weeknd is very daunting <laughs> and very scary, but it's exciting as well. So that good. is exciting. Does it feel like a little less? Because uh, imagine performing at the Junos for your first time is a very ner- like nerve wracking mm-hmm. experience. Is it a little less nerve wracking because you're performing with friends and not just yeah. doing it on your own? Yeah, for sure. I think like having familiar faces on stage will be like just that just thinking of that alone like is already a little more calming mm-hmm. and my family is also going to be there which is like oh really that's awesome cool. yeah, who I'm, from your family uh so my brother my sister and my mom and dad and then i nice. have like some aunts and uncles who live in edmonton already so they'll be there as well oh, that's have amazing. they yeah, seen you so perform before they have yeah okay so my parents actually have been the people out of like all my family who have seen me perform the least because oh, wow. they live they live um back in timmins yeah which is like very far from yeah quite a a ways up there yeah (laughs) they haven't had the chance to see me perform um as much as some other family members so i'm just i'm excited that they'll be at the juno that'll be that's a wild stage to go from not really seeing you too much and then one of the biggest stages if not like the biggest stage in canadian Canadian music yeah it's wild it's wild it's gonna be i'm sure it'll be like pretty shocking for them as well because the last time they saw me perform was like last summer so yeah it's it's gonna be a big, big yeah. a big difference for sure. What can we expect from that performance? Have you guys started like uh, figuring yeah. it out? We had a, we actually had a call today, which was like it was a long call, just like kind of going through everything. We're working with a uh, a really cool creative director um, who's Montreal based, so he's kind of helping us put together the show like visually and just mm-hmm. there's a lot of like moving parts. There's like a lot of video screens and like lighting and like cryo jets and all this crazy stuff so he's got yeah you know it's serious when the cryo jet yeah that's what i mean like i had to ask because they were talking they kept saying cryo jet and i was like i'm sorry i just like i don't know what a, i don't know what a cryo jet is like, and there's like, that thing that just like spits out like smoke or co2 you just yeah. gotta ask for the button though that's yeah. like my yeah. life goal <laughs> yeah, like the djs just, have i have it? a couple of dj friends and I'm, they've never given me the button but i like my life goal is to have the crowd to get button. To that so place. if you can get that yeah the, you're i mean you're there obviously yeah. clearly but you yeah hit the button and that's huge yeah <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be it's just gonna be a lot of like lighting a lot of different like kind of mood switches mm-hmm. so going from like high energy to like more intimate stuff and playing with color and just the the graphics on the floor and on the walls like it's gonna be a lot but it'll be it'll be so you like getting involved with that stuff because i know obviously I do, music yeah. is one side of it yeah but like this is a huge creative yeah, production yeah. Like, right definitely yeah i think it's like being being on being involved on that side of things like it's just another like artist bag that i like mm-hmm. to get into it's time consuming for sure so having people like a creative director just people like Helping put that together is definitely important because it's it is so much, especially for something like the Junos. Mm-hmm. Such like a high production level of production that you need that team, but definitely like being on those calls and being involved 
on the creative side is important too because that's a whole other like execution of art if you if you're not a part of that then it feels like you're missing something mm -hmm. so yeah are, are you someone that's like it's just an honor to be nominated or like are you a competitive <laughs> guy like do you want to win i mean i feel like a little bit of both I like it is an honor to be yeah. nominated i'm not saying it's <laughs> yeah. not i've never been nominated yeah. for juno obviously but like you're like are you competitive like do you like you want to win definitely yeah i definitely okay, want to like win that. it's uh i've always been somewhat competitive but mm -hmm. i'm not like a rude, I'm not like rude competitive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whoever wins, I'll be happy for them. Yeah, but yeah like, of course. I would definitely like, I would like to win, you know. I want to be the one to win. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna play this back when he like beats the weekend. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> insane. Like, like, oh my god, I don't even know what I would do at that point. So, talking about chasing highs and like going like from extremes, this that's gonna be the probably, I mean, like, I don't know your life, but probably one of the mm -hmm. busiest weeks of your life because you are yeah. performing at the Junos and you're three time nominated. Yeah, and then by the end of the week, you have your first two headlining shows mm. all in the same week in March, yeah. one in Montreal yeah. and your sold out show in Toronto. Yes. So yes, yes. what is that week going to be like in the life of Preston Pablo? It's going to be crazy for sure. Like you mentioned, uh, it's going to be definitely stressful, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to just do my best, like stay, try and eat healthy that week. Try and like, I work out a lot. So hopefully leading up to that, I'll still be in the gym and hopefully when I'm there, I can find some time to work out. Cause that really helps mm -hmm. me just like, decompress and like take some stress out lift some weights you know? yeah are you gonna try and take any of the learnings from the process of getting ready for the junos and apply it to your own shows because this is the first time mm. you're headlining them i think so yeah i think there'll be like because the level of production is gonna be so high and because mm -hmm. there's gonna be so much going on at once i think i'll definitely learn a lot like leading up to it and being there and just that whole process i feel like i'll learn a lot and hopefully take some of those skills into into prepping for those i thought you were gonna shows. say hopefully like taking that what are they called the kai the Kyber, what are those things called that we we're just talking about the jets oh crowd jets crowd jets, jets. <laughs> yeah. you just try and take Hopefully, some of the yeah. jets with you be like you're done with these <laughs> yeah. right the junos are good can I borrow yeah. these bring a really big backpack yeah. yeah, no show. it's just my it's my checked bag yeah. it's, it's fine <laughs> that was, that's smart though I'm not gonna lie you and then in terms of the uh, so your headlining shows too mm -hmm. I mean I was scrolling through your social media earlier and mm -hmm. you've done a lot of covers. I've seen Billie Eilish, Justin yeah. Bieber, Holly yeah. Humberstone as well. Yeah. Are we going to see any covers at these shows? Mm. What what kind of a set list are we looking at? Yeah, so we're building that right now. Um, we went like last year, we were playing a lot of opening spots. So that was like a 30 minute set list. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm able to play like a headlining show, we have to double the set list. So it's going to be like around an hour of, of music. So I'm figuring out what to, what to add because I have a lot of unreleased music that I want to play, but I also mm. have like some older music that has been out for a while that I want to add to the set. And then of course, like we're talking about doing covers. My only thing with covers is that I'm I'm honestly afraid that like if I play a cover that people will like that more than like the rest of the stuff. So I don't <laughs> I don't want to be then I don't want people to leave and be like, oh yeah, he was so good. Like especially when he played that one like right, yeah, Justin Bieber fair. song. Like you know, I want them to remember yeah. my music and like get to a place where. People are coming to the shows and they already know me and my music. And then that's when I feel like I'll be more comfortable doing covers. But right now, yeah. like, when not everyone knows me. They kind of just might mm -hmm. know the one song, like Flowers Need Rain. It'd be nice for them to leave feeling like, okay, we like this person. Like, we like all of his music rather than, yeah, that Flowers Need Rain song is really good. And that, like, one Justin Bieber cover was really good. <laughs> for sure. At the same time, though, I'll say, because I, and I won't say which cover I'm talking about specifically, mm -hmm. but, like, there was one that I'm like, this cover is better than the original mm. and on the okay, flip yeah. side of that i'm like he just has a nicer voice mm. he's more musical mm. i would prefer this over the other artists so that's interesting there's yeah. a flip side to it yeah, too that's true i never thought about that that is smart but also like your toronto show did sell out so people clearly are going for that's you. true so yeah. just like make the set list of your <laughs> dreams <laughs> yeah that's true is that like is what's that process like though because you said you're in the process right now because mm -hmm. obviously with every concert you go to um there's there's kind of moments in which you're supposed to hear like the big songs or the mm. certain songs so yeah. how is it being on the other side and kind of building that out for a longer set it's interesting it's very it's a very new process for me um i actually like my first show was back in april so i haven't been playing shows for that long i've been trying to like get out to as many shows as like a consumer and just like watching artists i like play because mm -hmm. i find that helps a lot like being in the position of Did you say the first show you played was in april yeah and like, now you're almost well less than a year later yeah. you're playing the junos then yeah it's crazy that's <laughs> okay. what i mean man. Like, that's, that's why huge. All, all yeah like thank congrats. you congrats all this stuff is so new to me that's why it's all like it's very overwhelming because yeah. i'm just sitting here like i've never done any of this like i'm learning like on the fly like but yeah. you wouldn't okay i mean like i've only seen you perform once and was mm -hmm. that april 
question that was mark? April, that yeah, was, was, was that your April. first con? That was was that your first show? Because wow. I never would have known. And you know what? I think I said that to Ali. Is I, I'm pretty sure I said like, oh my God, his stage presence is so good. Mm, and I think she great. told me at the time it was your first show yeah. and I just didn't remember. But that's insane that that yeah. was your first show. Wow. I feel like when he's like on the, on stage beating the weekend, I'm going to be like, I was on his <laughs> yeah, first show. I was at the first show. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to be my claim to fame. I couldn't do it for Justin Bieber, any of those like huge artists. But like once you become a huge artist. That's it. I'll do it. I'm yeah. gonna claim that, just so you know. And then, so talking about, I mean, we talked briefly about just you have a big back catalog of, mm-hmm. of stuff, and then also unreleased tracks yeah. too. And Sarah and I were talking before the podcast as well because we're like listening back to like previous singles mm-hmm. that you released. And I'm not, I don't want to shade like other artists by any means, but you know when you have a song be- or someone has a song blow up. Yeah, obviously, like one of your songs is blown up mm-hmm. um, with flowers, but. You, the rest of your stuff hits as well, you, which man. is obviously mm-hmm. like, I want to give you a compliment because yeah. it's just true. But then like in terms of what you have coming up of mm-hmm. unreleased music, mm-hmm. do we have an album? Like what are we looking at there? Yeah. So ideally for me, like honestly, last year we were supposed to have a project out, but um, because of what happened with Flowers, we kind of, we delayed it at first. We're like, we're going to kind of see where this goes. And then it kept going so we were like ride that okay yeah we just exactly we just rode the wave um so this year like i really want to get a project out it won't be Mm -hmm. like a full album like like an ep yeah it'll be a smaller project Mm -hmm. a smaller body of work but yeah just putting out a project to kind of showcase like the layers of myself as an artist because like you said it's it happens all the time where artists will put out like a song and it will blow up and then their older music might get like shadow overshadowed by that Mm -hmm. huge song a little bit or stuff they put out might get overshadowed so I just really want to I feel like now is a good time to kind of put out a project to showcase like the other layers of me as an artist the other like kind of music the other kinds of music that I like making just Mm -hmm. to kind of stray away from that one song like oh yeah I know him from that one song I want people to know me for like all of my music yeah well that kind of goes with like the next question that we had which is like what's it like to release music in the industry right now because Mm -hmm. it does feel like it's just dominated by singles yeah especially since you've been riding the high of one single for the last like almost year yeah it's interesting I think like singles it's it's huge right now like every artist every especially new artist and Mm -hmm. up-and-coming artists it's all singles and I think it's smart to do that but it also as an artist like I'm speaking from me as an artist it's it gets kind of tiring because you yeah. want you want to put out like projects that have more meaning and like you want to make projects that have like that are conceptualized and you have the visuals that are one piece and like the music kind of tells a story you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's hard to do that with just one song and then like singles are usually chosen to be like it's a, it's chosen to be a single for a reason it's meant yeah. to like go to radio or do really well so you kind of have to lean more towards like the pop sounding songs the the songs that will quote-unquote be a hit right so yeah. it, it kind of leaves those other songs that are maybe a little more like alternative or a little more left field it kind of leaves those like out of the question so well like i remember john mayer a few months ago was doing an interview and he was saying like um if he was wanting to release his next album based on success he wouldn't release it as an album he would just do a different single drop mm. every single week because then those are all more likely to chart than like mm-hmm. a full yeah. album yeah, which is really interesting and i'm sure like because of streaming that's yeah. like a massive factor of that yeah it was so i was also it's kind of on the same topic because i was listening i think it was on a podcast you mm-hmm. made me mention this <clears throat> talking about the layers that you have and you want to share mm-hmm. with the, the people that are going to you know consume your music i want to get this right because i think you mentioned that music lets you feel both safe and vulnerable at the mm-hmm. same time yeah which are concepts when i heard that i was like it resonated with me mm-hmm. but i had to think about it a little bit because those are concepts that don't really go together yeah. vulnerability and safety aren't two things yeah. that people put side by side a lot of the time yeah so like where does the inspiration for your music kind of fit into those two concepts and how do you combine them and and feel those two things at the same time i think like for me when i write i find i write best when i'm going through either it doesn't even really matter what i'm going it just has to be like something that i'm going through like mm-hmm. in my life whether so the first like batch of songs that I ever made were directly inspired from like my first breakup mm-hmm. and that for me was like huge at the time it was the first yeah. time I had ever like been in love I was in high school you know what I mean so yeah. I got yeah we I went through a breakup and that for me was so like I was just feeling so many emotions mm-hmm. like I was going through so much at the time and I was my only like outlet and the only way I could like organize those feelings and kind of figure out why I was feeling certain ways was through music and like I just turned immediately to music I would write songs based on the breakup and just based on how i felt and then now like i'm at a time in my life where i'm going through a lot like personally just like growth as a 
as a person growth as an artist i'm mm -hmm. experiencing like success and traveling and all these new things so i'm writing like directly based off of those experiences so i think the easiest way for me to write music is like just based off of what i'm going through currently in my life and whether that's like happy or sad or scary like i just i pull from like real life experiences that's why mm -hmm. um before before this year my process like with writing was very different i would write a song and go like four or five months without writing i would just like mm -hmm. live and do whatever i had to do and then i would only write when it felt like okay i need to get something off my chest or i need to like speak about something through my music then i would write a song it's it's different now because it's more of like it's a job now yeah I'm, that's I'm, what i was gonna ask is if your songwriting process has changed so what's it look mm -hmm. like now that it's because i'm sure it's like anything that's of the creative industry it's mm -hmm. like sometimes when you're being forced to do something creative it makes yeah. it even harder to do yeah, it. like do you definitely. have like do you just go i'm gonna sit down today and write a song or what's that new process mm -hmm. like for you yeah there, there are days like that where it's like you have a session like at this time with this person like you're gonna go there and write a song mm -hmm. and that that's completely okay i understand like why there needs to be sessions yeah. like that like i i can't just go i'm not in a place right now where i can spend five months without writing a song like, i yeah. need the experience yeah. i need to go travel to like europe <laughs> i can't do that you go know on an I mean? eat pray love trip <laughs> yeah <to go> exactly. <laughs> find the next album yeah but i feel like the process of writing itself is is very similar to what it was before it's just the volume is different now yeah. i'm just writing more and i'm writing with new people which is something that i never did before i would mm -hmm. just write by myself or with my brother Mm -hmm. um, I was gonna say because you also mentioned, and I think I watched something that you, where you mentioned because uh, you're from Timmins, I am, yeah. which is not known as like a creative no. epicenter of Canada by any Definitely means. Not. Isn't Shania Twain from Timmins? She is. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. maybe it is a good place to, <laughs> to you know for people to come out. I of. mean, if you're gonna go based off population and then now like successful like Juno you know nominated artists, right. I bet yeah. you it's, like it's a it's changing. <laughs> it's changing. <laughs> I think yeah. it's actually probably like you're adding to like the percentage yeah. being way higher. Yeah. But was that your was that your perception growing up that like were there a lot of creative outlets? Maybe there were. No, and it was there were, like, no. did you have, was it more or less like just you? Yeah, there? it was, I had like a small group of friends who, who made music and yeah. who were creatives. Like I had some friends who like did photography or who would come over and shoot like little visuals for me when I needed it. But for the most part, it was like, there's really nothing else other than like what we were doing. It's very like DIY. If you wanted a music video, you had to like have a friend who could somewhat operate a camera yeah. or you literally just had to like give your best friend a camera and be like and then follow me everything's yeah. just like an artistic choice yeah. that like <laughs> exactly. messes up yeah. yeah but no it was it was interesting like i wouldn't say at the time i probably felt a little like I, my feelings towards it were probably like more negative because i was like oh i wish i had like studios or i wish i had right. this i wish i had that mm -hmm. but i think looking back on it now even though it hasn't been that long ago it just it really like shaped me into like my own artist i didn't really have like there was no like local sound for me to kind of like mimic or feel like i needed to sound like to fit mm. in it was very just like open and it, it, it was like a clean slate so i think i appreciate it more now than i did back then back then yeah. it was frustrating <laughs> i was like ah this sucks like all my videos are in the same place there's only like one cool wall in Timmins. So. but it's only one yeah. cool wall i swear the yeah. town bridge yeah like, literally i was big bridge guy in yeah the early days. <laughs> we had like film. one little bridge it was, it was, it was right. you could see like tim horns in the back yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like they're not paying me so i don't want to exactly yeah. so just talking about then the big transition between you know being in timmins mm -hmm. shooting at the local tim hortons yeah. The one within wall. the background and the one wall <laughs> yeah. being like the creative <laughs> center of the, the, yeah. the of Timmins there what's the difference then to then being here and mm. working in the industry with mm. a ton of other mm. amazing creatives I imagine you're collaborating with you yeah. already talked about it a little bit like yeah yeah it's it's a crazy like I feel like a good way to describe it is like being in like your favorite store and you see like all this stuff that you love and you're just like trying different things on like it feels very much like that because it's it's also new and like everything's bright and shiny mm -hmm. and like oh what if we do a video with this director or try this or like work with this producer or try a song like this so it's very much like experimental and i'm getting to do so many crazy things that i would have never thought i could could do living in timmins so it's very exciting but it also there's times where it's overwhelming because mm -hmm. there's just so much like 
out there. There's so much to do, so much to utilize. It feels like, oh my God, like it's never going to end there. I'm never yeah. going to figure out the the magic combo of directors and producers and this mm-hmm. and that. But it's it's very fun. Well, you were saying before that you, the nice thing about like being in a place like Timmins and just making music by yourself is you wouldn't take influence from other people. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's a little harder now is to not like yeah. just be taking on like what people are telling you your yeah. music should be and then also just like being influenced by people around you? Yeah, it's definitely, it's a new struggle. It's a new challenge. Um, just the amount of like eyes and opinions that are mm, coming opinions, my way now yeah. is is a lot more like the volume has been increased but it's just all about like balance trying to figure out mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of this is just figuring out that like healthy balance of like how much outside input you take in, how much you trust yourself as a creative because i, I always have to remind myself that before any of this i was just a kid writing songs in my bedroom like mm-hmm. flowers need rain for example is a song like that whole hook the flowers need rain part the part that everyone like remembers is something that i wrote in tim and sitting on my bed like by myself yeah so there's moments where everything feels so crazy and i'm like what's going to be the next song like how am i going to do this again how am i going to like continue the success i feel like i have to remind myself in those moments that i'm just a kid that writes songs and like yeah. just like getting back to that like super grounded like humbled self is important is ever hard that your entire like because you write your own music and mm-hmm. you said you pull it from like real life experiences of very yeah. emotional places. Is it hard um, sometimes being like that vulnerable and writing a song being like, do I want the world mm-hmm. to like yeah. hear this? Is that something you ever struggle with? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I've always been like a pretty open person. Mm-hmm. And I think through music, it's just made me more open. Like, I feel like if there is a place for me to to like get those feelings out, music is probably the safest place because it can kind of like mask it with like some beautiful piano chords yeah, that's if i was just like if you take away the chords it's just like me complaining or crying yeah, yeah. I mean. so <laughs> i was gonna say that's how it resonates with most yeah. people sometimes like that for me for music to get into it i hear a song for the mm-hmm. first time be like this is like a bop yeah and then on like this 16th <laughs> listen as it's like seeped it's, into my subconscious all, like, yeah. oh actually i realize oh, i guess i'm going through some shit <laughs> yeah. right now you're like yeah. why do i relate to this yeah song like so why, much? Yeah. why is this on repeat right yeah. now but that's got to be a good feeling too because as excuse me as your audience grows mm-hmm. as well like that's probably how people are resonating yeah with with your music too right exactly i think that that for me is like the special part of music is just mm-hmm. that like connection and like when you put your headphones in or when you play a song and it, it makes you feel like a certain way, like that to me is a special part. That's what I love about making music. Like all my favorite songs that I've ever made, some of them may never get released, but like there's always that moment that whether you're in the studio or whether you're just playing it on guitar where you like get those goosebumps and mm-hmm. it just like makes you feel something, you know? And when that like happens, that's how you know it's special. Even if the song never comes out, just that like, the fact that it made you feel a certain way, whether it's happy or sad or just gave you goosebumps, like that to me is why I love writing songs. So you did just have another song come out, I, 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 which yes, I love. It's yes. very different than anything else I've ever Thank heard, you, yeah, which I yeah. really like. Yeah, I was just going to say feeling like talking about what you were just talking about, yeah, about yeah. Like feeling that. I had, I was just playing a rec league, like soccer league, mm-hmm. but I listened to that song on the way to the game, yes, the final the other night. Like, I'm that win? guy. I love that. Yeah, we won the final. That. I scored the final. I was like, I dedicate that game to you <laughs> that was <laughs> your doing <laughs> but so what about that song is special to you and um yeah. i guess what did it make you or what did you want it to make others feel mm-hmm. like listening to it i think a big thing like listening to that song and mm-hmm. what i wanted that song to kind of be is just like a confidence booster um at the time when i was writing that song i was with banks ranks and another great artist uh, by the name of jamie fine and her personality is just like, it was actually the first, it was the second day I had ever met her. So we were doing like two sessions back to back and I, I was written on the second day. And her personality is just so like, it's so, there's so much energy and like she's very like outspoken and she's not afraid to like say how she feels. And I was so like inspired by that mm-hmm. and like just the energy in the room that day. And I was, I was experiencing a lot of like good things at the time. I was traveling and like playing shows and I just felt really good. So I wanted, to write something that kind of explained that and that gave off that energy. So that's that song is is just that. It's just a confidence booster. Make you feel good. You, make you feel like you are that guy. Do you think Preston, like, sitting in his bedroom in Timmins, Ontario, listening to, like, that <laughs> song now would be like, what the hell? Yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I would have, like, that Preston would have been like, calm down, bro. <laughs> like, you're good, you're good. Like, you're filming in front of the one wall yeah. we have. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Relax, bro. <laughs> well, UK, you've mentioned Banks and Rakes a couple yeah. of times. How did you meet those guys? So there's like, 
it's kind of a long story. It's kind of confusing, but I'm gonna try and break it down as best I can. <laughs> so Banks Ranks consists of two people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Soke and Yannick. So Soke, um, he has, he's got like these crazy dreads to help paint the picture. But Soke had a friend from Montreal. They both, they're Montreal based. So mm-hmm. Soke's friend from Montreal ended up in Timmins somehow. And this friend was working at a restaurant that my friend worked at. So like these two friends, my friend and Soke's friend were working at a restaurant and talking about music because they were both like artists and producers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They were just like trading info and music. And my homie had sent my music to Soke's homie. Soke's homie had then messaged me and was like, yo, your friend sent me your music. I'm going to send it to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and that friend was Soke. And then Soke heard my stuff. And then he reached out to me on Instagram. So long story short, he DM'd me. And, now, my you, DM. and now you guys are doing something for the Genos <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. It's it's also, a weird story, but like the way it happened is... Canada's so small. To be. Yeah. Like, Shout yeah. out to that restaurant, I guess. For real. 100%. Shout out, it was... Well, it was a wing. Oh, it's called Wacky Wings. Wacky. Shout out Wacky, Shout out Wacky, Wacky Wings. Wings. Shout out Wacky Wings. <laughs> if you're ever in Timmins, Ontario, go to Wacky Wings. <laughs> Let's go. One of the origin stories of yeah. Preston. <laughs> and the only wing restaurant in Timmins. <laughs> <laughs> in case you get yeah, confused. Exactly. It's the one. Um, so you mentioned, you've mentioned that Justin Bieber is one of your favorite yeah, artists. For sure. um, what about him do you admire as an artist that you hope to take in your own yeah, art form? I think just the fact that he's been able to do what he's done for the amount of years that he's done it like being Mm -hmm. a huge pop star at like 12 13 years old is unfathomable because i'm dealing with like my like my career at this level is is compared to his at 12 years old is like an enormous gap but i'm like there's so many struggles that i deal with Mm -hmm. and like i feel like this is so overwhelming so the fact that he was doing that at like 13 years old to me is insane and obviously just like his music is insane I think mm-hmm. from like uh, as a vocalist, I I can appreciate like his his vocals are amazing and just he's been able to kind of make music in so many different like pockets like whether it's R and B more like ballad pop I just think like all around he's just been like the most successful and most amazing artist that I've ever like witnessed. Would he be like a bucket list collaboration then? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Who are some yeah. other people on that list? The weekend for sure. Um, I love Dominic Fike. That'd be really cool. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Um, there's so many though, but yeah, those and are some like great my Canadian top. names too. Mm-hmm. Like such good music comes out of this country. It's crazy. Like the last little while of music has been like Canada's right up there for sure. It so. feels like Canadians just hit like. Like once they like finally get out of yeah. Canada, it's like yeah. it's because they've yeah. hit like this like astronomical level. Yeah. Like you've got the weekend performing at the Super Bowl, and then yeah. even like people like Alessia Cara who mm. win like best new artist at the Grammys and all that stuff. It's like they hit like another level. Mm-hmm. So I do want to pitch the I'm sure it's been pitched before the Shania collab. Yeah. Oh my God, Timmins would love <laughs> that'd it. That'd be crazy. Timmins would that would be like Timmins would freak. You'd out have to that. go back to that'd Timmins. You do a big show. The yeah. Wacky Wing is yeah. the food supplier yeah. on site. Yeah, the catering. Yeah. catering. There's cryojets yeah. probably <laughs> on the yeah. stage. And then Shania is the grand reveal. She comes up. Look, she's doing a lot more like poppy, like yeah. leaning more into that like realm. So I don't think that's totally unrealistic. I think we can make it happen. For sure. I think we can. We're putting it in the universe here. And then again, we'll we play it all first. This. We so. set it here first. We'll play it all back yeah. once. When it happens. Once it all happens. <laughs> we were here first. Okay, so obviously the past like not even year, 10 months has mm-hmm. been insane for you. What are you hoping the next 10 months looks like? Uh, I hope it's just as crazy, if not crazier, because that would be a good sign. Um, but just I've fallen in love with performing and just being on stage. I feel mm-hmm. like very comfortable and it's it's just a way, for, it's a whole other way for me to express myself and just learn myself as an artist. So I think playing as many shows as possible this year would be would be great and then just writing music writing music that a lot of the music i have has been written like a year ago now mm-hmm. and it's still sitting and hasn't came out so um just writing more music that feels fresh to me and that is like based off of what i'm going through now and just putting that out i think is is the plan and a project of course i really want to get like an ep out this year i think all the fans do too because you sold out your toronto show yeah <laughs> at the time of this recording there's still montreal tickets there left. Is, yes. but i'm i'm thinking uh, it's gonna be sold unlikely, out so yeah. i think yeah. it's gonna be highly unlikely Where's, which camera is it? your camera is this one okay. if you are in montreal or close to it make sure you get tickets to my montreal show 
It's gonna be good. maybe we should fly to the Montreal show because I don't know if we're gonna get into the Toronto one at this rate. <laughs> True, we'll get yeah. you. There's gonna be lineups. Down. We got you. We got you. My loud clapping will be in the background. <laughs> yeah, there. I need the loud. I need yeah, the loud clap. You need the loud clap. Yeah, exactly. What are you most looking forward to about your first headlining shows? Uh, just getting to play a show that's like fully mine mm -hmm. is is what I'm looking forward to. Having full control of like the set and the way it's gonna flow and all all the creative like the lighting and the video wall or whatever we decide to bring in and also the outfit i'm excited to put together i was gonna first, say like, i think putting together you have a couple of fits you have to put together because mm -hmm, like yeah. is your family going to coordinate for the junos or what i don't know <laughs> that's a good question though maybe we should that'd be cool that would be really cool but yeah putting together outfits is something like fashion and is something new for me as well yeah and i've really like been enjoying that so i'm excited to like See what I'm gonna wear for the June. You're telling me the fashion scene isn't like just huge in Timmins, Ontario. <laughs> that's, that's shocking. It's, it's massive, actually. No, that's <laughs> really not. That's exciting. So I guess there's you've got the fashion to. to look, we've got the fashion to look forward to. Mm -hmm. We've got your first solo shows, and then yeah. maybe you'll be a Juno winner by the yeah. next time we see maybe you. That would be insane. And the Shania Club. Well. And the Shania Club. Obviously, we can't we'll forget sure about that. that. We'll make yeah. that one happen. Well, thank you so much for coming on Talking Fast. <laughs> of course. Fast. Thank you guys for having me. You have your camera. If you want to plug yourself, whatever you want to okay. plug, this is your moment. Okay. Check out my music. My name is Preston Pablo. So if you search that up, you'll probably find it. I'm on social media. So follow me on there. And stream my new song, IAI, wherever you listen to music. Also, if you live in Montreal, I'm playing a show on the 15th. So you can get tickets to that at my website, which is pressandpablo.com. And listen to my music. I think I already said that, but listen to my music. If you didn't hear him, listen to his music. Yeah, uh, listen, listen to, to his music. <laughs> Amazing. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank it. You That's a wrap. That was it. wonderful. <laughs>voicemail segment just a reminder if you want to ask us a question or ask for some life advice you can dm us on instagram at talking fast show you can send us an email at talking fast show at gmail.com uh, you can also put anonymous if you don't want to be known uh, we haven't gotten a lot of opportunities to give a ton of advice yet but these questions kind of are which is kind of exciting especially because just the two of us to do it and all three of these questions were directed specifically at the two of us amazing you ready yeah okay i got the first one for you here because this is kind of a two-parter as well we have Different perspectives Basically on it. Basically completely opposite side of the perspective on it. When would you recommend content creators get a manager? Yeah, so I mean like it's the cliche of everyone's going to be different. Uh, for me, once I got to a point where like a couple brand deal offers a week were coming in, and to be honest, from the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. As Jacob can probably attest to, he saw my early contracts. Um, probably signed my life away and like my firstborn child <laughs> with them. Uh that was the time where I was starting to learn about managers. I was like, oh, this is this thing that – because you first have to learn that people even have them. Um, and I would say January 2021 is when I had a few managers reach out to me. I met with a handful of them before landing on Jacob here. So I would just say you kind of know when it's right. And usually they'll reach start reaching out to you, um, in my experience at least, when the time is right. That means you're getting enough traction outwardly that – other people see the value in you. And I think that's a really good um, testament to when it's time. What about you? As yeah, someone that reached on, out like to me. On the flip side, I mean, shout out to my sister, Emma Morris. For the best. Like, we love Emma. Basically scouting Sarah and putting me on to you. Exactly. But to like, from my perspective, that's 100% it. Like you're not, I'm not necessarily going to know what you've been charging rate wise for like brand deal negotiation and whatnot. But what I'm looking for and where maybe like a manager provide mm -hmm. some value for a content creator is like, do you have a really large and engaged community? Are you getting consistent views? And that for it to be like worthwhile, you probably need to be, you know, in the tens of thousands of views mm -hmm. on any one platform to kind of like really make sense from a business perspective of mm -hmm. like driving re like revenue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an engaged community. And I think like uh, the, the base level is, what I'm looking for is, is it, can I, do I believe that the person is really wanting to do this? Well, Are they engaged and like a good talking head personality? Mm -hmm. Like the biggest the difference in the conversation I had with you as an example versus other managers was 
like in the first email you sent me, you were like, I can tell you're a producer because you can storytell and I can see the longevity in your content, which was something that, I mean, I knew at my core that I was doing, but having somebody immediately point out that they saw that was like, oh, okay. So like you get it. And uh, just from the creator perspective, it's totally normal to meet with a lot of people. I met with like three people and then Jacob um, and just hop on a call or like a video call, Zoom or something. And you can really like suss out the vibe. I mean, granted, not everyone ends up co-hosting a podcast with a manager, (laughs) Uh, but you definitely have to have a really good rapport for any of it to work out. Well, that's whenever I'm having any kind of like early on calls with potential clients or new clients, what I say is like, you have to, this is going to be a really close working relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to build that foundation on like trust and vibe with the person yeah. just that you get along. It's someone coming on to something that you've built, becoming a part of the team and like hopefully elevating you in some way. So you really want to like them first and foremost, I would say. Yeah, I'm still vibing that out myself. Yeah, well, I mean, I still have my title of the co-host for the foreseeable future. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see. We didn't pen a paper or anything. <laughs> Question number two of voicemail is, how do you have a successful work-life balance? Is there one? I liked the addition of, is there one? Yeah, I mean, that's the, for me, it's tough. Cause like, Mm -hmm. one, it's tough in the role that I have to- (laughs) You put up two hands when you do that. Oh yeah, one, One, number one. It's tough because uh, the role that I have, it's it's just difficult to have- You're not a a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't really exist. Uh, the other thing that makes it tough is that I really like what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to pull back on that when like things are really rolling, a lot mm-hmm. of like opportunities are coming through, new clients are coming on board, that kind of stuff. Um, it's really exciting. So it's mm-hmm. tough to take that step back. What I do is like try to find other hobbies and interests that like have nothing to do with work. Running's one of them, although you always point out that like I'll be trying to close deals and whatnot well at the stoplights but those are the stoplights so like the runs and I only know because you're like oh yeah like I'm going on a run so like I'll get back to this in an hour and then I see you emailing people (laughs) and I go it's either you were lying or no like yeah you're like literally answering emails while at the stoplight so yes well I don't know like I don't want to I don't want to claim to be an expert on it because I'm definitely not for this it's just like that's a work in progress and I think that maybe that's the point is being aware of that, being aware that a work-life balance should exist is maybe is maybe the good thing. And that's where I'm at is like trying to, you know, have that teeter-totter yeah. balance out. What about um, you? I'm going to look at it from the perspective of like my day job, my nine to five job, because I think that relates to more people that probably listen to this. Um, I really struggled with work-life balance for the first years of my career because I believed I had to like go above and beyond and the hustle culture and all that right, kind of got yeah. to me um, very young. And then on a random Wednesday in December, they go, we don't need you anymore. Pack up your bags. And I had the little man like the the banker's box the the banker's box of my belongings in it and like standing there like but wait like I put in so I couldn't understand it because I put in so much time and effort and went above and beyond very quickly I realized that you don't need to do that like just be very good at your job show up biggest thing I did was I took my email off my phone I don't allow my company or my day job to have so I have to like I can still get email on my phone I can manually go into safari and log in but I don't allow myself to have gchat or email my phone or else it just like it's so easy to just oh I'll just check it and then you're down the rabbit hole of constantly answering things so I stopped doing that um I make sure I still like when I need to work like extra hours or this week I'm working at 5 a.m three days in a row like like when I have to go above me on and do those things I do it within context but I don't allow myself to get so run down with it and do it for the purpose of thinking it will get me my next job because it won't to be honest like I just don't have trust in companies enough that way and that's totally fine like you work for a company and so you have to make sure you protect yourself the same way that they would protect themselves if something went wrong on your end right so once I had that perspective and losing my job young helped me have that perspective it allowed me to have more of a work-life balance I believe yeah and I think just like not attaching your identity to your work is yeah the I talk first about that a lot to, yeah to start with because I used to be Sarah from Yahoo and that's how people knew me right. and the second I lost my job there it was like so like well who am and I and it's exciting to have that title especially when you're first starting out yeah I'm like, working this in is media what I've always wanted. A, yeah exactly. I'm working in media yeah. it's a big thing like so much of where you work is part of the allure and I stopped caring about what brand I work for as soon as I stopped caring about that I realized oh it's just like what is the job what is the requirements and that yeah. really helped with my work-life balance as well the one thing I'm not good at is I become very good friends with my coworkers, and then having to balance the like <laughs> the relationship of coworkers and friendship that's the one I'm still learning but work-life balance just comes with when at the end of the day you realize it's a job is a job and like you could lose it tomorrow so just don't put too much of yourself into it don't say don't like you do a good job but don't like sell your soul for it 
I like that. Third voicemail question. What do you think is the most important similarity between the two of us as co-hosts? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I know. And again, I didn't think about it before I put mm. it down and I had the entire afternoon too. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think our work ethic, I think from like, an, not just as co-hosts. Right but after people, the question about like, don't work. No, <laughs> I know. But like, yeah, but the two of us is like, this is like kind of like a passion project. So it's, yeah, it, I would. Okay. I'll echo that. Cause it's like, it's, it's work ethic, but it's also like the way where we thrive. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. I think that we could probably say, let's like take on a massive project and do that project to fruition in seven days. Yes, we could. We've and done it that, before. <laughs> and not even could we. That's almost like what we prefer to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we had, we were in the studio here and I mentioned to, to someone, oh, it was January. Like we already started the year. And it's like, oh, we're, you know, continuing on our planning for the year, this year. Yeah. And he mentioned like, oh, like you didn't do planning like everyone else does for the last six months for what the new year is like no, no. we're just like <laughs> we just roll with the punches and go with the no actually it's a we're i guess maybe because we're both kind of semi-procrastinators but we'll always get it done it's like we need the like little rush of like will we get it yeah, done like that's every probably like yeah, some, it's toxic you should talk to some <laughs> therapists about this like <laughs> no but it's it's it, but we're both if one of us was that way and the other wasn't that would be really be, bad that, well, but be because t- we are both the same way in how we work in our work ethic that yeah, makes you it know fun. what i've worked with people on um i don't want to say specifically who but i've worked with people in the past who personality wise that was a conflict mm-hmm. where they needed a lot Longer of runway. lead up time, mm-hmm. big runway. No, we're Billy Bishop runway the- and like yeah. other people need Pearson runway. <laughs> <laughs> we're jets flying off the island. Yeah, exactly. In an illegal fashion. But I, I think the other thing too, like to go back to the first voicemail question, that's the basis of trust as well. Yeah. Because I've been in, in a position where that working relationship hasn't been super positive and the trust is kind of eroded a little bit because mm-hmm. they're questioning if you're going to get something done. And it's like, I haven't done it maybe on your timeline but, but you'll still get it done. Still get it done. And I think that there's yeah. maybe that's the trust. Yeah. Because we always possible. get it done. It's like when we host events like for sick kids and stuff that we've done in the past, um, you would think that because we said at the beginning of the year we're gonna raise money for sick kids, we would have had those planned out way earlier on. No, we would plan them three weeks in advance, usually two and a half was yeah. every single event. And we didn't really start working on it until the week before. So yeah. it's just because we both trust that we'll get our shit done. So then we always do. And I think that's honestly, it was the same with this podcast. The fact that we took as long as we did with this podcast is actually kind I of know, shocking. I know. Well, that's on the back end things, uh, the uh, like the back end of, of production. But mm-hmm. then I think like just as, in terms of co-hosts on the show, fast, yeah. I think I do hold my own a little bit. I talk slower than you, but I still think that I talk yeah, yeah, fast no, no, no. Enough, enough to make it at the table here. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. And elevation of conversation is sometimes a good thing too. Like you elevate the conversation? Like a yes and, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. I thought you just were as saying you, that. Like, as you, you shut me down on this, it's like, no. <laughs> no, I thought you were saying you personally like, oh yeah, I'm Jacob and I elevate the conversation no, no, here. No, no, you no, mean, no. yes, no, I agree. The, the yes way and... we like to converse. Yes, I agree. We are on the same page that way. Even if you roast me sometimes about what I haven't watched or who I don't know. Exactly. And that will continue <laughs> to happen. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Talking Fast. Make sure you give us a good review, five stars, leave a comment if it's nice, and we will see you next Wednesday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.